Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk, episode number five. I'm Scott Minton, your host today, and our co-host today is going to be Rick Odie. He is the sommelier, small, you can correct my, my pronunciation. Beer, beer sommelier. Beer sommelier um, and head distiller at Donham Day Brewery and Distillery here in New Albany, Indiana. Rick, how you doing today? All right, how you doing, Scott? Doing well, doing well. Hey, first of all, thanks for coming on and... Uh, Thanks and, for having me. And sharing some of your awesome product. And, and uh, we did a, a pretty broad tasting today of uh, some of your whiskeys, um, which the, the first one was a single malt, you said, that yep. was uh, made with your traditional beer product, which is actually mainly barley. All barley. All barley. So, All barley. So I was really surprised at the taste of that um, and, and the flavor adjuncts that I got from it, um, some sweet. But it also had some cinnamon notes and, and things like that. So, um, if you don't mind, run through a little bit of you know the products that we sampled today mm-hmm. from your distillery, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, our friends from French Licks and some stuff down. Sure, yeah. And then um, um, we tried a few other things. Uh, well, we we narrowed our uh, pick for this particular podcast to our uh, single malt whiskey. Um, we do have other products: vodka, gin, brandy. But uh, for this particular podcast, we, we narrowed it down to our single malt whiskey. We have two different ones. Uh, one aged a little longer than the other one. And you can definitely tell the difference in the... But it's, uh, it's, it's not bourbon. It's whiskey. Absolutely. So, um, we age it in used bourbon barrels, though. Uh, we live in a particular area of the country that uh, we have access to... Uh, that unique raw material and use bourbon barrels. Right. So uh, we take full advantage of it. Uh, right. And then we also had a selection of uh, French Lick products uh, sent to yep. us by Alan Bishop, the yep. head distiller there. Alan's going to be on the show um, sometime in December, so we're, we're super excited cool. to go I'll out and visit what, them in the distillery out there. If you can tap into half of what he knows, uh, you, you'll be doing good. Alan's a great historian of uh, the distilling business here in southern Indiana specifically. So that that should be a good one. I'd be interested in hearing that. So. And uh, then we also did some of our, our picks. I brought a 1792 barrel strength. Yep. Which, which is my current favorite right now. It, you know, it, it, was, it was an award winner in San Francisco this past year, um, yep. the 1792 Full Proof, and yep. it's become ever popular, and it's actually getting harder and harder to find automatically yeah. um, since it won those awards. Uh, I found that bottle to be uh, – it had a really good viscosity um, and uh, had some great, like almost like sugary tones, whether it be like brown sugar and some toffee. Um, and then I found that it was really, really uh, – fragrant like it had a really really good nose feel to it well that was the last one we tried so i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) that that, that is probably true i remember it was good (laughs) well yeah and i would say is there anything is there anything such as bad bourbon but but or bad whiskey and and there is yes there 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 absolutely is definitely yeah. So hey, w- one of the reasons I'm s- I was super excited that you you agreed to come onto the show was uh, the fact that you've been brewing f- for how long as far as beer? Oh, professionally seven years, but uh, like every other home brewer, um, uh, micro brewer, you know they started out in the backyard. So I've been doing this for probably fifteen years, right? As far as brewing goes, hey. now distilling, I honestly. I didn't do it illegally. 
I didn't start distilling until we were a licensed distiller, huh? Distillery. Huh. So, so you yeah. didn't practice at all at home? Not at all. Well, that's crazy. I know, your, right? your product's really good. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you know, th- that's a weird thing that you know you would you would make that leap, but um, I really look at the fact well, that you you say that, but this is just furthering your craft as a craft brewer because it's taking your product to its ultimate end okay so you start out as a distiller with beer so this is what we do we're beer and the state of indiana allows us if if uh you get a small brewer's permit and you're good for three years, you can get your artisan distiller's permit. So uh, it it allows that artisan brewer another revenue outlet. Yeah. So I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. That's good to know. So kind of go into what made you decide to start distilling, and then B, um, what makes your process unique from other people and... (laughs) Outside of the equipment, I, I, I saw that. <laughs> and, 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 and let me preface this by saying Rick is one of the best brewers I know in the entire uh, Southern Indiana, thanks, Kentucky area. He makes some of the most phenomenal beers. If you've never been to Donum Day, you need to come in and try it. And I'm really excited to see where his distilling process goes. I mean, he, he's got whiskeys right now, like he said, that are single malts. Um, we just tried a little bit of his bourbon, which has only been aged about nine months, and, and it was really good. It had a nice mouthfeel to it. Um, a little hotter than I was expecting with it being, you know, fresh like that. But it already had a magnificent color. So I just can't wait to see with the flavor adjuncts and how they will change with how that um, barrel ages. Yeah, once we get it proofed down to where it won't be as hot. Yeah. Um, why did I start distilling? Um, distilling had always intrigued me. Um, I am a an engineer by birth. Uh, I think engineers are actually born because we think differently from everyone else. So um, I've always been interested in arts, okay? But I never had a way to to be an artist. I can't paint, draw, play music, sing, dance, whatever. But I can take the things that I'm good at, the maths and sciences, and make beer, make uh, distilled spirits. So I can take those STEM um, studies and turn them into my version of art. Right. So that's that's what got me interested in it. And I could see where that would be an easy transition as far as, you know, being, you know, an engineer or a chemist or any of those type of brain type things where you can turn something that you currently have into something else or be able to figure out what's the best way to turn XYZ into ABC. And I think uh, if, you'll, if you'll do some research, you'll find that a lot of brewers slash distillers come from that. Right. They, they have that desire to be artistic but don't have an outlet. So, you know. Now, earlier when we were talking, and, you know, this was already a few drinks in, um, we talked a little bit about the history of bourbon and where it comes from yeah. and all these yeah. other stories and... I told you, you know, what I knew about Old Forrester and what I knew about Colonel E.H. Taylor and all that type of stuff. And you actually told me a story that I've actually never heard, (laughs) but it actually makes more sense because me being the drunken Irishman that I am, I love the story and I love the folklore of it. So if you don't mind, share a little bit about that story to us, Rick. Well, most, 
you go to a distillery tour and they'll give you your their version of where why we started storing uh, whiskey in barrels. And they're all cute and they're they're nice and you know oh that's cool. But I'm more of an Occam's razor kind of a guy. Uh, in other words, the the answer to a question is probably the easiest one or the most simple one. Well, um, to quell the whiskey the whiskey rebellion in Pennsylvania, the United States government decided to give all these Irishmen land in uh, what was then the Western Territories, which was Kentucky, uh, because they wanted them to pay taxes to pay for the Revolutionary War. Well, they didn't deal in monies. They dealt in products, mainly whiskey, because that's what Irishmen do. They make whiskey. All right? So they said, all right, you won't go to, go to this Western Territory, which happened to be Kentucky, We'll give you five acres, but you have to clear it, and you have to raise corn. Well, what's a bunch of Irishmen going to do in the middle of nowhere with five acres of corn? They're going to turn it into whiskey. Right. All right. That's what I would do. Well, it it only makes sense. It's also economical because you're reducing your volume. You're reducing the ability for it to go bad because corn is going to attract vermin, mold, mildew, mice, whatever. So it's going to go bad quickly. But if you turn it into whiskey, shelf, shelf life lives forever. Yeah. Okay. But they have to sell it. So here they are in the, the port of bourbon, which took up most of Kentucky at that time, on the Kentucky River. They were shipping their product down the Ohio, down the Mississippi, to New Orleans, where it was dispersed from there. Well, back in those days, you didn't waste a thing. I could tell people... Whenever they would move, they would burn their house down to collect the nails to take with them to build the next house. Because there was plenty of woods, but no nails. So they used everything to the nth degree. So the product that was coming from New Orleans and that area was fish. They stored them in barrels. But who wants to put their product in in, a fishy smelling barrel? Nobody wants to do that. So how do you get rid of that fish smell? You burn it out. So they're taking their um, clear whiskey and putting it in these charred barrels and sending them down to New Orleans. Right. Well, New Orleans, they drink. I don't know if you know that, but they drink. Absolutely. (laughs) New Orleans is one of my favorite towns, and every time I go there, I drink way too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? The Shazrak was invented there? Absolutely. Uh, Shazrak Hotel is down there. Yeah, they're the Bourbon Street. So anyway... How did it get that name? Because that whiskey that was coming from the port of bourbon with it stamped on there, bourbon, would come in. And it's this caramel color with all of these vanilla and caramel and toffee notes instead of this clear, you know, harsh uh, spirit. There was this bourbon whiskey. So to me... A Occam's Razor kind of guy. That's the where story. bourbon came from. That's the story of bourbon. And I love that story. I really hope that one is the one that sticks. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I'm going to start selling that one constantly on go, people. So that way, uh, maybe it'll sorry, take, Elijah Craig. Yeah, sorry, you know. But uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really funny when you when you think of it that way because really, it, it, it was born out of necessity, right? Exactly. And, and, and it makes it makes a lot of sense when you really sit back and you think about the process and, and, and that type of thing. So, 
Well, like I said, tell me a little bit more about, you know, your stilling practices. What what differentiates you from, you know, your your other type of distilleries and uh, we're poor. We're poor. We're poor. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like we said out of necessity, right? Yes, yes, we're like those guys. Uh, we just recently took our um, beer boil kettle, and we're making it do double duty. It's a 400 gallon Bain Marie style um, boil kettle, um, and I'm looking at it one day, and I'm like, you know what? This is a still waiting to happen. So it's not only our beer boil kettle, but it's also our first run pot still. We put a witch's hat on it and uh, a lin arm and some condensers, and it's our, our it's our first run pot still. So we run uh, 350 gallons of uh, mash through there. Um, and if we get the numbers right, we come down to... Uh, our secondary still, uh, we'll fill it with uh, first running from there, and then uh, we can distill out bourbon from our um, second still, which is a uh, a bubble um, pot still. Um, so, and and with that one still, we can distill vodka, gin, bourbon, and whiskey just by the configuration that we use on it right so when you think of bourbon you know what blend or mix is is your favorite i mean are you uh i like i like the weeded you like the weeded bourbons bourbons. um but now i like rye whiskey so i don't know uh but i do i i do tend to to drift toward the the weeded bourbons w.l weller used to be my everyday drinking bourbon until Somebody said, oh, it's the same mash bill as Pappy Van Winkle. And then now you can't find it anywhere. Disappeared like a oh fart in the wind. Gosh. It used to be a bottom shelf bourbon. Yeah. What happened? Well, I mean, Pappy used to be a bottom shelf bourbon, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, nobody really knew about it or, yeah. but, or cared. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we talked about this. Marketing, you know, does so much. And, oh, yeah. And, that, and that's one of the reasons, that one of the other reasons I wanted to come here is that, you know, like I said, in my personal opinion, you're one of the best brewers that I, that I, uh, that I know in, in the region. And but I am a horrible marketer. <laughs> I wouldn't say that you're a horrible marketer. You, 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 I would. You just, you do what you do really, really well, and you don't really care about the other stuff that typically goes with it. That doesn't make you a horrible marketer. That just makes you you, right, Rick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if we have any uh, potential marketers out there, uh, come on in. <laughs> we could use the help. We've actually partnered with a, a marketing firm on this bourbon. We've actually sold them a portion of this bourbon brand to help us. Help market the process. Yes, yes. And we've got a prototype, and I like it. So. Right. Well, good, good, good. Um, so let's, let's, let's diverge our, our, our attention a little bit, and I want to talk bourbon some more, but sure. let's talk a little bit about you know brewing in general and – um, I told you a little bit about the fact that, and you, you weren't aware of this, but E.H. Taylor had made a product called Amarith Grant of the Gods. Um, do you see yourself in the in the future of, you know, as you start to make more and more, you know, stilled products to kind of differentiate yourself as far as taste or options or maybe using a different type of wood? Like I know E.H. Uh, Taylor, they also do one that was a seasoned barrel instead of, a, instead of a, just a straight charred barrel or things like that. Well, I see us trying to push the boundaries um, because I don't know any better. 
So, <laughs> yes, we will be pushing the boundaries of. Uh, I want to make a. I want to make a whiskey that we use our, use bourbon barrels that we use on our drunken unicorn beer and turn around and age a whiskey in it. Okay. So it's like, wait a minute, we're going full circle here. So, so you're bringing some of those flavors um, that are from those beers back uh, into your bourbon. And uh, we're also... Oh, whiskey, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're also experimenting with uh, other distilled products, uh, namely gin. We've got, a, we've got a gin right now that's... Uh, we've got a partner, um, Evercure CBD. Um, and we're, we're experimenting with using hemp in a gin. Okay. We're going to call it high. High gin? Hemp infused gin hybrid. Huh. Or you could just call it high gin. <laughs> We're just going to call it high. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a neat thought process. Yeah. Um, so as you start to work through this, and, and I'm sure you've sold bottles of your single malt, which is, like you said, strictly barley, and then you're yep. aged and, and things like that. Right now, what is your best seller? And um, in your opinion, what, what's your it's, what's your best drinker? If somebody was going to come single, thing? it's the single malt whiskey. The single malt, yeah. so the the early one. Yeah. Well, they're both the single malt. Okay. One's just aged longer. One's just aged longer. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're not going to see a different label. You're not going to see anything different. It's just we're about out of the first run. So. Right. So the the, the first run is actually a little bit of a lighter color than the second run. Then. Yeah. Uh, ergo, the the age difference. The age difference. So, how much is the age difference between your first run and your second run? Yes, there is a difference. No, I'm saying, what is the age difference? Yes, there is a difference. There is a difference. <laughs> 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 top, top secret trade. Trade We secret we secret. are we are a new <laughs> distillery, so you know. <laughs> You can't come out of the gate with a four-year-old or a two-year-old. No, I, so, I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. You know, it, it it is a relatively young age, but again, we use use bourbon barrels, so we do have a, a start on it. Right. I will say it's less than a year. Less than a year. Okay. Yes. And that would be considered your aged malt then, versus the single. Well, no. Like I say, they're both. They're both around that time. They're frame. the same label, the same everything. Gotcha. It's it's just um, anything. We don't put an age statement gotcha. on there um, for obvious reasons. Right. What are you going to do, put months? <laughs> this <laughs> age, one's been aged for four months. Age 26 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Then you're talking about baby terms, right? You know, yeah, your exactly. baby's you know, exactly. 14 oh, weeks old. Oh, they're 18 months. Yeah. 18 months old. <laughs> <laughs> so... Fair enough. I, yeah, I, I've lost this battle. I'm, I'm going to go on to the <laughs> next topic. No, it's, it's it's not a battle. People just need to understand that you have to start somewhere and you have to get product moving out the door at some point. Right. And, and you know, again, we're we're a bootstrap business here, so we have to get product going out the door. Right. Uh, that's why everybody starts with the with vodka, and because you can shoot throw vodka it right, right out the out door. The door yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so. Is what your favorite's the single malt? So, and yes. you said it's probably the most popular that you're selling. It, it not not probably. It, it is. definitely is. It okay. Is. Yes. Um, so, is that something that you tell people? Hey, drink it straight, or do you say that? Hey, that's a mixer, or uh, what? What's your preference with it? For me, if you have to mix something with your whiskey or your bourbon, you shouldn't be drinking it. Uh, that's my firm but belief. It, but it's, some people, it's your it's your choice. It's your dinner. It's your palate. Do whatever you want. Right. If you're looking for my recommendation, get a giant ice cube and pour my whiskey over that giant ice cube. Let it set for a couple of minutes. 
even watch it. You can watch the chemical reaction happening between the water and and the spirit and enjoy sipping it. I was impressed with it with your your barrels being right at that ninety proof level of the level of viscosity that they actually had. I mean that that whiskey's really got a high viscosity level, really sticks to your tongue. And, uh, and the roof of your mouth on the palate side. So uh, I, I was really impressed with that piece of it. Yep. All right. So we also did a couple of other picks, and, we, uh, and, and we're going to bring these back so that way you could talk a little bit about them. Um, we did a single-barrel pick from uh, New Riff, and then we did a Four Roses pick that we, that we had uh, sipped on a little bit there. Um, we talked about the aging process and, um, and the fact that some of these ricks were literally, I mean, same rick house, same row. Yep. Um, how do you envision, you know, your process being versus, you know, how they do it? You know, obviously they've got a massive rick house and you, you're, you're making barrels, but you're not able to produce as quite as many as they are. So they're right. Right. So where do you see that going as far as that goes? Well, uh, we, we are in a learning curve on this. Uh, I've been told by other distillers that our cuts are so tight on this that, don't let it go over two years. So we're going to release this in uh, St. Patrick's Day of 21. Okay. Which will be our sixth anniversary. So it will be... and So it will be it, a it drunken will, unicorn bourbon day? Yes, it will. I'm going to yes, be smashed that day. <laughs> I'm going to be so drunk. I mean, well, it's bring your be podcast. That would be a good day. <laughs> no, we, we're not putting that on the air. I do not want anybody to know that I get that smashed. Make it, make it a live cast. <laughs> make it make it a Facebook a f- thing. Straight up Facebook Live. Yeah, that, that is not a good idea for me. It, oh, okay. That would be like me going to Gravity Head and, and, and going live. That is not happening anywhere in, in my lifetime, Rick. So that's good. So so where are you storing, storing your barrels as of right now? Is there like a, a Rick house or a building or, you know, where are you going to well, be housing Well, our first those? barrel is still here in the restaurant. Is sitting right out in front, and we encourage all y'all out there to come in and sign it. The very first barrel of distilled bourbon in New Albany. We beat Shazrak. Yeah, yes. By a few months. <laughs> Actually, probably by a long time. They're probably not going to distill anything over here anytime soon. Uh, they've got their distiller's license. Do they already yeah, got their distiller's they've license? they've had it for over a year. So for people that don't know anything about Southern Indiana or, or what Sazerac's done over here, um, Rick is literally next-door neighbors. He could probably hit a, a, a three-wood or a, a five-iron from his location to where Sazerac bought the old Pillsbury building here in, in New Albany, and uh, they are currently bottling Fireball there, and and evidently, they've bought their, their stiller's license, so it looks like they're probably going to be starting to steal some product over here as well. Yeah, I've heard they're also bottling uh, Buffalo Trace there. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. But, yeah. Uh, so do you, do you think a lot of people talk about what makes bourbon so unique and so good about the Midwest as far as, you know, limestone water, um, being able to have accessibility to those white charred oak barrels, you know, all those type of things. Are any of those things that things that you believe that make it super super unique, or is that just a you know? Do you think it's it would be just as good without <clears throat> those type of things? Well, I think um, to be honest with you, bourbon without the barrel is if you've ever drank the White Dog, you you can tell all the character, all the essence 
comes from that barrel. I, I agree 100%. Aging, and the aging process. So what I would like to see, I would like to see that process evolve. Okay. We, we are stuck in, you know, technology from 1600s. All right. There, there is much better economical, earth-friendly, tree-friendly ways of doing this and distiller-friendly ways of doing this than putting them in these barrels. Actually, the federal government is wanting to mandate that this is the only way that you can age bourbon right. is in a 53-gallon barrel. Right. A lot of small breweries will use the smaller kegs to increase the surface area so that your time is shorter. Right. So I would like to see stainless steel barrels that are square that you can replace the slats in so that the spirit is contacting new charred oak barrel. But you can stack them. You can reuse them. And there is many years worth of stays that those could use hmm. as opposed to these stays. They right. have to be a certain length, certain width, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they well, have you to have be to all cut different sizes and shapes and everything else. To but they have to, to be that, that length. Right. So the scraps on either ends. I would love to see us evolve to that point, to where technology, we are allowed to use technology. Instead of saying, oh, no, we have to do it this way. Right. You, know. you, you probably are going to get a ton of argument behind that one. I, and, and, and I know you, Greg, Rick, you don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, that's one of the things you have to love about Rick is the fact that when he started making beer and he started doing things that were a little bit unique or off the wall, you know, people were like, Rick's crazy. You know, why is he doing that? And. And then when you taste the product, you're like, damn, that's why he did this. This is really good stuff. <laughs> so, you know, you might have something there. You know, I don't know that much about it. Now, you know, for me, this podcast came out of my love for bourbon. There you go. And uh, our necessity to uh, talk about something and, and hopefully make friends and, and kind of move through the whole process. So it's it's always unique to get other people's perspectives on what makes bourbon good and what makes bourbon great and then what would you do with bourbon if, if you had an opportunity to make it different yeah yeah well like i say i just like to see us move in a in a in a more technologically advanced way to make a better product a more sustainable product and a more small distiller friendly user product because those containers you can take the old stays out Put the new stays in, and you have the same container, but just new stays. Right. So, I, I don't know where the disconnect would be because now would you the, char the, the stays on both yeah. sides? No, just just, just on the, on one the side, side that's that's in contact with the product, just like that you have now. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm still trying to visualize what the what the square box would look like, or or whatever, or how those pieces would fit together, but. I'm sure. I'm sure you've already got it all figured out. I, I, I know what it looks like. Me, I, I, I'm not an engineer. You know, I, I'm good at math, but I'm not an engineer. So, uh. wait, you're a banker, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I said I'm good so, at math. I didn't say I was an engineer. I, I need the money. <laughs> 
with, with all fairness, if I remember correctly, I, I was part of the original process of this a little bit. Yeah. Quite a few years ago. So I, I always tell people that uh, I, I try to put my, my effort and, and my, my love of the things that I do and back into the community. And, and I, I have worked with quite a few different brewers and, 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 and heck, I'd love to work with you on the distillery side you know, or whatever we can do to, to do those type of things. But uh, small business is obviously a passion of mine, oh. and, and, and I love the, the fact that people have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I, I've always been a little chicken. You know, myself personally, to go out and, and just take that full depth, uh, jump into something like that. My, my friends and my and my wife just say I'm just cheap. It's not that I'm maybe scared. I'm just I'm just really damn cheap. So, well, well, my wife I think just wanted to get me out of the house. So, yeah, yeah go ahead and do that thing. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a really good wife though. She's no, she's, she's she, awesome. She's a great woman. She she does tremendous work here well, at the does. at the brewery, the distillery. You know, she goes to her nine to five job and then yeah. comes in here and. Well, it's like six to six, but who's counting? Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that it was six to six. But yeah, heck, yeah. Well, let's give Kim all the credit in the yeah, world for amen, that. You know? Amen to that. But uh, in in what was it? Was it somebody? That, I want to say it was one of the presidents. But behind every great man is a better woman. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think we could definitely give her some props on that piece. So most definitely. So, what do you want us to know about you, Donum Day, the distillery? You know, tell us. You know what what you want the public to know. So, so maybe we can get some people out here to 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 partake on your excellent product and 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 that would help you get some information out there. Um. Well, come in and see uh, what we're about here at the pub. For one thing, uh, we're a unique place. Yeah, I would say. Um, I've been told that there's a lot of this on the West Coast. Uh, there'll be a brewery in a, in a strip mall and open and bright and airy, but this area is not really used to that. Um, so we don't have a TV. Um, yeah, we try to force you to communicate with one another, talk to people. Um, you may not like that. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> Maybe I said, that's why you come one, to a TV. I don't one, know. Of the, one of the reasons I come here is that, you know, I know we've always had, not I wouldn't say disagreements, but about the fact that because you, you do what you love to do, but food is a necessity because of the legal laws of the state of Indiana, and, you, and you've never been a, a big food guy. Well, what, you love food. I, you like to eat it. but I am, I am a foodie. I, I love restaurants. But that is an entirely different entity, an entirely different business. And right now, I have three businesses, and I can't put on another hat. So uh, we are actively looking for a partner to help us in that, and and you are right. We do need food. Um, We have a little bit of food that we can put out, but it's nothing to write home about. So, yes, we are partnering, trying to partner with someone to come in and take over our kitchen and yeah, that's your business, and you can have at it. And for our Louisville fans, mm. I, I will say this is the one thing I, I like about Rick, and I need to take advantage of this more often because I, I really don't. I, I, I hate to do it, but he's always been kind of like the third-term brewing of Southern Indiana before third-term <laughs> brewing was a, a thing. I love those guys, by the way. Um, you, bring in your own food. He, he doesn't exactly. care. Exactly, Just come in and try my beer. Please. Yeah. And, and I tell you, if you do come in and you try his beer and you try his spirits, I, I really think that this will be a place for – People in Louisville, Southern Indiana, and, and even further out. You know, if you're if you're making a trip in from out of town, this is one of the places I tell people that they need to come to 
really enjoy the atmosphere, really enjoy a great pour of whatever it might be. And uh, we, we try to um, have local artists uh, in our pub. We have a, a new artist right now, a photographer. Um, got some really fantastic stuff, but we have a rotating <clears throat> uh, art presence in here. Uh, because I would like to be able to do this, I just don't have the ability. So I like to look at it. So yeah, it's w- in here. When you told me this was all stuff that was made on aluminum, I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is just it is absolutely phenomenal. Some of the stuff that this guy's done. So yeah. So yeah, cool. I invite people and encourage them to definitely come into Donum Day and, and become and a part of our family. We're a big family here. If you look at our 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 demographics. Uh, 80% of our customer base is returning. Right. 20% are new customers. So <laughs> once you start coming here, you keep coming here. So. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We want to invite them out to do those type of things. So we've got a couple of guys that are sitting off to our, our, our right and left here, and, and uh, Toby's a, a reoccurring um, issue of mine on the show. Um but you have Mark here today. Mark. Mark is uh, your, My right-hand your, your right-hand man, man yeah. also one yeah. of your distillers and things like that. I don't know if Mark wants to join in on the conversation or if you have anything you want to add to, you know, hey, why should people come to Donum Day? What makes this place great? And, uh, you know, what are the things that you would like to see, you know, as far as that thing goes? You're going to have to eat the mic, too. <laughs> Get up there. Hey, Scott, thank you very much for having me on the show. Um Honestly, Dunham Day has been a great place to work for. Uh, Rick and Kim both are two amazing people that have the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever met. And um, to come out and support them is, you know, really important. Um, I actually don't do any of the distilling here, but I am Rick's head brewer. I I run all the brews uh, for the beer. Uh, That's kind of my thing. Um, And it's just been an absolute blast. I've been working here since uh, about, about a month or two after they opened. Uh, started off just serving beer at the at the a bar. Lo- a lost puppy we found. <laughs> Did you have uh, to smack him on the nose every now and then, Rick? Pretty much. You guys have no idea how true that is. <laughs> uh, but no, I've I've really become like part of the Donum Day family here, and uh, you know I'm I was probably the first lost puppy we brought in, but I certainly wasn't the last. Uh, you know we got a couple really good guys working here for us, uh, helping us brew. Uh, we got a couple friends of the brewery that come in and help us brew too. Um, you know, just we just have a lot of fun here, and we really enjoy what we do, and we really hope that you enjoy our products. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we we have a lot of fun. We just wish we could make some money at it. <laughs> Actually, Mama wishes we could make some money at it. <laughs> you know. I don't see any reason why you don't. I mean, and I know you do, but and that's kind of tongue in cheek. But it's one of those things that you know I, I don't think enough people really appreciate you know local stuff like they should in some capacity. Um, and that's one of the reasons, that, like I said, I was super excited about you coming out here today. Well, one of the reasons why we're not always making money is when I walk in here, I say, "Hey, Rick, what's up?" And he says, uh, "Overhead and expenses." <laughs> I tell him I'm both. <laughs> No, I keep saying I, I we put all of our money back in the barrels for my children and grandchildren. So, right. Yeah. So it, it really is a family affair. I know. I know. Jeremy comes over periodically. Yeah, he works. He works here. Your son, yeah. and he's got his own business. I mean, yes, you've really. It, it, it's really impressive when you think about that aspect of it too. You know, the family affair is not only brewing and being here, but. 
that entrepreneurial spirit because I know Jeremy has his own business and yeah. and uh, it, it really is really really great to see those things happening in Southern Indiana as we continue to grow through the process of bourbon, beer, and and food and everything else that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal. I think we're running up on time today. We're um, so I really really appreciate the conversation. Um, if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, they can contact Donum Day at where Grit. Um, our Facebook page, Donum Day Brewery, Facebook at Donum Day Brewery, or our website, uh, DonumDayBrewery.com. What about or, an email address if they have a question or Richard comment? at DonumDayBrewery.com. Good deal. You Maybe. know what though? We'd rather just talk to you pay face to face right they, they might well the website would probably tell them how to get here but yeah, yeah. absolutely we want them to come yeah. in and, and say hello and, and and check out the product most definitely and if you want to reach out to bourbon barrel talk you can reach us on our email um, or facebook page it's bourbon barrel talk at gmail.com or you can reach us like i said on the facebook page dm us any questions comments or concerns and we'll be glad to have you rick thanks again for coming on to barrel Scott, Bur- thanks for having us we appreciate it great night thanks it's again been fun <laughs> signing off